Yeah, I'm really excited. That was nice to be able to see that um, announcement and all those faces. I know more than half the faces that were shown on there. Man, so good. Um, and they are. They're all from all over the place. So God is on the move. Amen? Yeah. All right. So I have an announcement before we go into uh, the message as well. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Hearing the Voice of God equipping class and just give you the description that we have for it. Um, Hearing the Voice of God equipping class is a workshop style for natural grace to hear God's voice designed uh, for those hungry to grow in friendship with God and grow in understanding of the prophetic as well. This class combines biblical teachings and hands-on workshop. Um, Too many believers live convinced that God doesn't speak to them, that they lack some spiritual gift necessary to hear from God. Everyone say, boo, it's not the truth. But in fact, these ideologies fly in direct contrast to Jesus' own teaching, which is my sheep hear my voice. That's a promise. So join us on a five-week journey that meets on uh, Sunday nights at 6 p.m. starting October 3rd, right in here. There's childcare available, and we'd love to see you. Okay? So I have two announcements. One, thanks for everyone that came to the fall fundraiser for Set Free Alaska on Friday night, either in person or live. Thank you for your time, for your finances. Thank you for one of my teammates, Laura Unfried, who's here this morning. And I wanted to give a personal shout out to a couple of people, Gabe Peppard, Jody Madruga, and the young adults of this house. They were the serving team that night. They were a huge blessing to me and everybody there. It was just above and beyond. I was super thankful for them. So I wanted to publicly acknowledge friends of this house and, and friends of ours. So thank you. All right. Testimony. You want to hear a testimony from first service? Okay. So we're going to pray for people at the end of service today. But healing's already happening in the room. That's good news. I'm going to share it. Uh, wrong text thread. Text threads. There we go. So this is from this morning, from like a half an hour ago, not even. So this person said, had a procedure this last week for an ongoing problem, and it created worse effects than benefit at this point until this morning. I jumped up of the numbness and fatigue already. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I receive, and I'm thankful. We traded a couple texts, and... Apparently, this has been over a two-year struggle, and this is a huge physical and emotional breakthrough. One last thing. I can clearly see that constant discouragement with healing impeded my true healing. The word was so vivid this morning that the cloud is departing from me. (laughs) So good. So good. His word is alive and active. Yeah, praise God. We love to celebrate testimonies. And we're, we're just, it's so fun because during worship, you just feel the presence of the Lord just like coming down in worship. I love the songs that were picked this morning. It was all about victory and there was freedom available and the enemy has been defeated. I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> I think I was born with the taste of blood. I got a little Polynesian blood running through me. And so every time I'm just like, do we do the haka? What do we do? I don't know. Like, let's go. So... <laughs> Um, So we're going to be talking about, this is just going to be a continuation of what we're experiencing in worship, which is um, our core value on this, on supernatural lifestyle. But um, first, I just want to set a foundation. And and before that, um, I want to show the core values that we've been going through last, or next week is our last week. Um, And so if we could put the core values up there. So the core values of the house, and 
I don't know if it's written in our bulletin. If not, they're found on the website. I want you guys to go through. Oh, they are. Okay. Is his presence, supernatural lifestyle, the gospel, healthy relationships, wholeness, and greatness. And so we've been taking these one by one. And this week we're going to go over supernatural lifestyle. And um, we just want you to understand that core values are not goals, right? They're not just another thing that we need inside of us through Christ. And so um, this is a difference between adding one more thing and versus actually having access. So you have access to the things that we're speaking about with core values. It's not like one more thing that we got to do and live under and try to do better and blah, 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 and all that stuff, you know. All of that is like, this is something that you have access to. Amen? Yeah. Okay. So um, before we go over the supernatural lifestyle core value, um, I just want to ask this question. Uh, what comes to mind when you think of the supernatural? Um, we have the youth that are live streaming right now. Everyone say, hi, youth. Okay, so youth, maybe you think about X-Men or maybe you think about Disney movies or magic and incantations when you think about um, the supernatural. Here in this room, maybe we think of just, is it just signs, wonders, and miracles? Is it just physical healing? Um, is it just for Todd White? Or is it for the gifted or you know, Christian celebrities only, like this is just a, a, you know, a, a fraction of Christians that get to have access to this. Is it the mystical, come on, now each one of us, we have someone in, in our church that we grew up with or around or whatever. Um, for this one, this one's probably me. Is it for the mystical people in the church that tell you all their abstract things that they see in the spirit realm? Is that the supernatural? Um, is it for today? And how do we define it? So I looked up um, uh, a definition of this, and, it, and so it says that the departing from what is usual or normal, especially so as to appear to transcend the laws of nature. Um, another definition is an order of, of existence beyond the visible observance, especially relating to God, spirits, or the devil. Just so that we're covering everything. Right? So the supernatural just doesn't entail God and his kingdom, but it includes the enemy and the synthetic power that he holds. I said the synthetic power that he holds, right? Okay, so there is a spiritual war, and we need to understand this. There is a spiritual war that breaks out over our lives to come against our identity in God and that he is good. If you look at almost everything, every point of pain that comes in and tries to like, accuse the voice of God, it's to come after those truths that God is good and that you are his, right? And so, um, so we just want to hold awareness that there's a spiritual war, but we don't have to hold fear, okay? So there's a story in the Bible about the demoniac. How many of you guys know about that story, the demoniac? Okay, so the, the story goes that Jesus, uh, or there's a city where there was a, a man who had legions of demons thousands of demons, hundreds of demons that were in him. And as he is, uh, he's, he's completely possessed and they try to bind him with chains and he breaks them every single time. And so not only is he bound, but basically the city is as well, right? They're affected by what's happening in this man. They're all living in fear. So here we see an example in the word of God that the enemy there does move in power, Right? But what happens when Jesus comes onto the shore of that city, steps out onto the boat, everything shifts and changes, right? We read the story, Jesus shows up on the scene in the city, 
And, and that man with all the demons comes running and he gets delivered because there is nothing that can oppose the power of God. And he comes into his right mind. And when he goes to want to try to follow Jesus, Jesus says, stay here in the city and tell everyone what I've done for you. So that by the time Jesus comes back, the power and the transforming supernatural power in that man's life um, pr- was able to present 4,000 people for Jesus to feed and witness to. Isn't that powerful? So there's no contest. So power that bound this man kept the city in fear. But when Jesus arrived, that power bowed. Amen? Okay, what does uh, the supernatural mean for believers? Um, Let's go ahead and show the core value. Supernatural lifestyle. We partner with the Father to overcome the power of darkness by the power of God's Spirit living in us and revealing Christ through us. We live as though all things are possible to those who believe. So there's, there's two things that we're, there's two perspectives that we're basically getting to share from this morning, or Jason is, um, is in us and through us. It says that right there, in us, the spirit living in us and revealing Christ through us. But as I was reading that this morning, the other thing that sticks out to me is revealing Christ. Revealing Christ. So as a, as a church that has a very um, charismatic, even pen, sometimes Pentecostal expression, um, sometimes, come on, sometimes when we get into those worship songs, we got to dance a little bit. We got to move. I'm always, always over there like, and then Kelly was over there dancing with me. I'm like, yes, let's go. Anyway, so, um, but when we have, when there's um, a supernatural power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of us and through us, I want you to understand that those things are to reveal Jesus, right? They're to serve other people, not for people to look at you, but for you to reveal Jesus, right? Okay. So um, every time for my birthday, I take time to reflect the year before and wait on the Lord uh, for the new year. And one of the things that he said this last year, I was looking back at my journal, it said, no longer will the natural and the spiritual clash. Instead, they will collide to make a reality that you'll learn to live in. As soon as you become a Christian, you become a brand new creation that is born of the supernatural. Somebody say amen. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The word power in Greek, it means dunamis, which is supernatural, miraculous, and inherent power of God. And the other thing that it also means, which I love this because we're, we're talking about in and we're also talking about through, Um, It also means excellence of soul, moral excellence. So this power that we're talking about, the supernatural lifestyle, is, is, is the power of Christ, the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you to transform you. So it's not just mighty exploits going out, but it's the power of God coming in. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm really excited. Jason's going to start reading to us our text out of Ephesians chapter one. And um, as we were going through this this week, I was listening to him talk about this and I had a couple of ideas or felt like, you know, as we're coming together, listen, y'all, two preachers trying to come up here and get this done at a certain time. It's a little bit hard, but we're doing it. Praise the Lord. So, um, but when he was talking about Ephesians and I was listening to him read it and then explain it and then talk about what it means to him, I was like, Jason, I think that you need to take Point. And so I'm so excited for you to hear from him. And so um, could you turn to Ephesians 
chapter 1, 16 through 23. Yeah, right on. Thank you. Ephesians 1. As we're turning here, I just want to also say that, you know, in terms of core values and foundations, this portion of scripture was incredibly vital to me 15 years ago as I was coming back to the Lord. And this is the foundation for my life personally, and I believe it's just a biblical truth for us as well. What does it mean to be living a, a supernatural lifestyle? And so we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We're going to read this, and this is a prayer that we're going to take some time to break down and pray this and study it. The more it studies me. And if you've been around me uh, at any great length or even a little bit, if I ever get a chance to pray for you, uh, a good portion of this is going to find its way into my prayer because this has changed the way that I think. It's changed the way that I live, and I'm forever grateful for that. So I'm going to read. We're going to start in verse 16, Ephesians 1. And he says, for this reason, 15, for this reason, since I heard about your faith I have and your love for the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He's, Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That verse has become the bedrock of my life. When I read, I'm just gonna pause here for a second. When I read that and I was like, I was able to drop into a place of the God of the universe wants to reveal himself to me and is inviting me into a place of getting to know him better. That changed my whole world in terms of the opportunity. Every lesser love that I had in my life, which I'll talk about in a minute, like vanished because there was just zero appeal. We get to know God better. He continues to go forward. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened or opened in order that you may know three more things. One is the hope to which he has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I love that. And then he goes on to describe the power. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in the present age then, but also in the one to come, which is now. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Everybody say, can you feel that when you read that? Just the, the reverberating presence and power of God. This prayer is alive. Jesus is alive. The truth of this prayer is alive. And I can tell you that this prayer saved my life. And when I think about, we're talking about what it is, we're going to get to a point where we're going to talk about a supernatural lifestyle. I actually, act, when you look at this, Paul prays four things that we would know our heavenly father better because it takes God to know God. He's got to reveal himself to us and bring us into place to invitation so that we understand him better, right? It takes the spirit of God to know God. And when I started to get a hold of that, I stayed there for months in the word, just you guys ever have those moments where you're just in the word, on your face, snot bubbles, right? Worship and prayer, you're just coming unglued. I was that way for quite a while. And I'd like to believe I'm still that way. It just looks a little bit different, right? Yeah, 
dignified, but still predominantly undignified. And so when you actually, then it was, it was that first thing. I had to know that one thing so that the other things would start to drop in, that I would know the hope to which I was called. I was called into a living hope. Hope being a position that now I have in the heavenly realm, seated with him in Christ. And then what was true for me was true for you, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. It's true for all of us. We all get to share in this. And the incomparably great power for us to believe. And I started asking him, like, why does he take the time to break down the power? And I didn't really have a good answer. I just started reading, and I would just read this and study this. And basically, before I get to there, I think it was this point in my life, I think I was about 35 ish, I don't know, something like that. And it was at that time we were just basically Psalm 27, four, one thing, one thing that I ask that I will seek, that I will behold your beauty in your temple all the days of my life. And like, that's, that was our, that was our whole world, right? It was just one thing that's had nothing else. My theology was one thing. I just want to be in your presence all the time, right? And a lot of times we're talking about the river of God. We were in a very charismatic house for a while and it was always about getting in the river. And my theology was put your face in the river and slurp until you can't slurp anymore and just do that. Just do that. That was my whole worldview. Just do that and then let's talk because everything changes when you learn, like when you get the love of God inside of you, everything, everything starts to shift. And so from there, I started to understand some of these other things that were happening. And I would say this really was the first supernatural experience for me, it was coming out of darkness and into light, actually understanding who I was. Most of you don't know me 15, 20 years ago. Um, that's a pretty, it's a good thing, yeah. I, um, I could tell you a little bit about who the guy used to be. He used to be super angry. Anybody have anger issues? Need the anger management of Jesus? Like, I was super aggressive, always looking to fight, I'd fight with guys twice my size. I didn't care. I didn't care how big they were. I didn't care. I would just, all the time, I was just super aggressive. Whether it was sports, it didn't matter. I mean, I'd have guys sometimes look at me like, are you serious? Like, I could just crush you in one shot. And I was like, let's go. I mean, that's just, that's just the way that I was. I'd like to believe that that's any of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I fought with a guy twice my size in a moving car. He was sitting in the back seat. I wasn't sober. I was in the front seat, not driving. I was in shotgun. He said something I didn't like, and I flew over the seat and jumped into the back seat and started fighting with him. And then my buddy driving was like losing control of the car. That's how ridiculous I was. <laughs> Emotionally supercharged, reckless, abused drugs and alcohol for over 10 years. I was a total mess. Uh, sexually immoral. I had zero concern for my future or my purity. None whatsoever. Self-destructive, out of control. This, and, and it, was a, it was a gradual work, but then there was a, there was a point in my life where all of that, that person that I used to be, there was a total metamorphosis to where that kind of lifestyle, like the thought of, it's like robbing a bank, right? Do you ever think about like, well, I could use the money. Right? Like, do you have those kind of, like, is there a wrestle there? You're like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Right? Or maybe, I, maybe I can drive the getaway car. Right? Do you ever, like, that kind, there was just no appeal. There was no wrestle. Like, the old dude was dead. He was gone. Yeah. This portion of scripture transformed all my appetites, my character. It fascinated my gaze because I understood that his gaze was already locked onto mine. The door to my previous life was slammed shut. 
because I knew he was real. He was near, meaning closeness and available when God was near. And he was pure love. That was the point in my life where I would say that the core message of my life was formed, which I would summarize into three things. Intimacy, identity, and inheritance. Meaning, from a lifestyle of intimacy, like relationship with the Father, time spent in the Word, time spent in prayer, just that deep connection with the Lord, where the Word of God becomes alive to you, I started to understand my identity and who I was as a son of God. Romans 8 and Ephesians 1 changed and saved my life. And so... And then understanding as a son, it doesn't stop there. I have been reborn into a heavenly spiritual family, brought back into my father's house, and I have access to everything he is and everything that he has. I have inherited the kingdom. So this natural progression of lifestyle of the Lord brings me actually into my identity, and from that I understand everything that I've just inherited and that I have access to. That was the cornerstone of my life, and it still is to this day. When Paul talks about the power that's here, he talks, there's four different words for power in the Greek, which I won't take the time to explain. Two of them we can talk about specifically. When he says that, when he starts to explain the power, like the, when he says the power was like the working of his mighty strength, that word in the Greek is kratos or kratos. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly. The point is, it is a sovereign dominion power that rests on us. It says in Acts 19, when Paul had been preaching, I think for a year or two, it said the word of God spread in power. We're talking about the prevailing influence over a region. What Paul is talking about is the same thing here. He prayed that we would know that his power that would rest on us so that dunamis, miracle-working power, would flow through us. This is New Testament, New Covenant living. Uh, Carla preached the other week about the river. And Jesus said, come to me and drink, and out of you will flow a river, right? It's the same, it's the same concept here. The other thing that I found interesting as I started to study this prayer out, the, the point is, right, and then we are the fullness. Say this, say this to yourself, I, of him who fills everything in every way. We start complete. We don't start empty and try to add all of these things into our life. We start full. We start packed. Like that word, the closest equivalent in English to that word fullness in Greek is cram. I love the word cram. Cram. Do you ever think about like how much garbage you can cram into the, into the can before you take it out, right? Let's just see how much we can stuff in there. We're talking about being crammed full to overflowing with the love of God in the presence of God. And you take that wherever you go. Sometimes I think about this like um, a phone, right? Where's my phone? Do you ever get a new phone? Like when you get the next version or whatever it is. Isn't that fun? I think it's kind of fun. Because <laughs> you get to brag, right? And so, but when you get your phone, is it complete or is it incomplete? It doesn't have your contacts in it. Work with me here. It's, it's ready to go. It's not missing anything. It's lacking, except for a few contacts that don't make it over. The, well, the analogy works for most of us. If you have a Samsung or an Android, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. Oh, that was low. Zinger, yeah, we're an Apple family. What can I say? The, the, the point I'm trying to make... I 
I believe the Christian journey like this is in a way, or maybe a baby, here's a better example. When a baby is born, it's not an incomplete human, it's complete. And in the same way, when we are reborn, we're not missing or lacking anything. What we grow is in our understanding of what it is that we've been given, our, our inheritance. Is that better? Does that work? Next. The verb tenses here, I think, are important to talk about as well. Because the, all the verb tenses, which I won't take the time to explain out, but they all imply an event that has continuous, ongoing influence and impact throughout history. A constant encounter into more. When the same tenses are used when Jesus said, it is finished, right? We know that that act, there was a completeness to that act that is still being seen and expressed today. It's the same thing. It's ongoing and it's increasing. And it's high invitation. When he gave the Great Commission, it was the same thing. All authority has been given to me, therefore go, right? That's true for us today. It's the same thing, right? None of these things were polarized in the past. They're available today. And so when I started to get a hold of the word and actually understand biblically what it meant, logically all those things started to make sense. I'm the fullness. I understand what's been given to me. I'm not missing or lacking anything. I just started to believe it. And like, so it's like the written word was becoming the living word. And we were fortunate at the time, whoa, to have uh, our pastor, Bill, who married us, um, active in our life. And so he was, by day, he was a health inspector. So he'd be um, in kitchens doing his health inspections throughout the week. And he'd tell us stories. And he was highly prophetic and also had a healing anointing. Those two things are a powerful combination. So he'd start getting words for people in the kitchens that he'd be doing inspections for. And he'd say, you know, hey, what's your name? You know, and I really love Jesus. And sometimes Jesus tells me things about other people. And he told me something that I believe was for you. Would you like to know what it is? They go, yeah. And so he just starts sharing with them and the opportunities for prayer and healing would come. And he'd tell the stories of how he'd have, you know, crowds around him in the kitchens of restaurants on a fairly regular basis. And so I was like... I can do that. If that works there, it'll work wherever I'm at. So I just, it just kind of made sense to me. So I just started doing it. And then I remembered as a young man, I was, I keep saying a young man, I was eight. I could say young man, right? It still holds up. I was young. I was eight-ish. My parents um, are, are pastors and they would have people over the house and they'd be ministering and, and praying and all kinds of stuff. They did a lot of deliverance ministry at the time. They were for a season of her life, I got to sit directly under Derek Prince. I don't know if anyone's old and young enough in the room to know who Derek Prince is. Yeah, so I have, a, I have inherited, I believe I've inherited all of that too. I'd be casting demons out of people and all kinds of stuff, wild stuff would be happening. And then one time I remember somebody's leg was short. We prayed for their leg to grow up. My dad was like, hey, do you want to join with me in prayer? And I was like, yeah. And so we prayed for this person and the leg just shot right out. It was probably that short. And so at an early age, I was exposed to watching the goodness and the glory and power of God just show up, and I got to participate in that. And so, and to this day, I believe that the Lord has given me a gift of faith for that. If you've got a short, every time I've prayed for someone with a short leg, it always pops out. So I don't say that boastfully, I say that confidently in the Lord. If you've got a short leg, we can pray for that today because you'll be healed. That's good news. Mariah and I also have a, something similar with vehicles. We've been blessed. People have given us vehicles. 
that's a huge blessing. And to me, that's like one of those things you don't always know how to explain. You just know that it's true, and we are living proof of that. If you need a vehicle or testimony around vehicles, we'll pray for that too. I just even right now, just release the testimony of those things. The legs will start to grow, and vehicles are on the way in Jesus' name. So I just I gradually just kind of started keep stepping out in public work. I'd, uh, the Lord would tell me to fat, like sometimes he'd tell me to do some weird stuff. One place I worked at, he told me to like fast and pray your go. Okay. Right. As, as you, as you grow in the Lord, I think it's good advice, right? Just do what the man says. Right. So I just start doing it. And you know, I mean, I was in San Diego. I'm out there like sweating in my dress shirt and I'm like, okay. And I'm just worshiping and praying and I'm encountering people in the parking lot. And they're like, what's your name? I start talking to them and start praying for people in the parking lot. And I just kept growing and doing these types of things. Um, one cool story. You guys like stories? So we were in Redding, summer of 2000, on, uh, 2008, on our way to Alaska. And I was working at Wells Fargo Financial doing home and auto refinancing in the midst of the market crash of 2008 and 2009 trying to refinance people on a market crash, those things don't go together very well, right? Nobody was getting approved for anything and I was losing my job and showing up for work every day knowing that I'm losing my job. Has anybody ever been there? No fun. Yeah, super uncomfortable. I stayed faithful. We just trusted the Lord. I knew the Lord opened the door for us to be there and we just, I just kept being faithful. So one day my boss comes to me and he goes, are you okay? I go, yeah, I'm fine. Why? He goes, well, like, this isn't working out. I can see where this is going. You're outworking everyone in the office, and just the business isn't there, and I'm just, like, concerned that you're going to be okay. And I'm like, oh, dude, we're going to be fine. Like, the Lord takes care of us. I forgot. I don't even remember what I told him. I know I told him that God was amazing. I shared some stories of how he's provided for us in the past. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what I told him, just that God is good. Two weeks later, he comes to me and says, you remember that conversation we had? And I said, yeah. He goes, I've had migraines and stomach aches because of stress from this job for six months. I didn't pray for him. I didn't, you know what I mean? I believe in those things, laying on of hand. I didn't do any of that. I just told him the testimony of Jesus. And what was in me was just constantly leaking out of me everywhere. You know, and this lifestyle of, of, a, of a supernatural lifestyle, it's possible but it came from just being in love with God and to where it wasn't like, well, should I or shouldn't I tell them? Like, I can't help but not tell you. And it just came out. And dude got healed. I didn't even pray for him. Like, what's better? <laughs> it's pretty unbeatable. It was one of those types of things that started to open my eyes to what's possible. Up until the present day, I was, was able to work in some restaurants. Um, uh, public schools around the valley and got to pray for a lot of students and saw amazing things happen and prayed for another kid's shoulders one time in the gym at lunch. I didn't even lay hands on him. He's like, yeah, my shoulders hurt because I, and I can't swim. I really love to swim and I can't swim anymore because my shoulders hurt. I'm like, well, Jesus can heal that. He's like, okay. And uh, I think he was a Mormon kid too. Actually, now that I think about it, who cares? Right? I never let those things like, you know, anyway. So I just started praying for him, leaning up against the wall next to him in the gym, and there's ba basketballs and volleyballs flying everywhere. I just asked the Lord to start healing his shoulders, and he just starts, like, cursing and, like, rejoicing, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, my shoulders are burning. They feel great. <laughs> just be willing. Be in love. 
be, be willing and be available and watch what God will do. We had a pizza shop. Most of you guys know this in uh, Slodotna for six years. And we got, I got a chance to pray for all kinds of people. And to me, that just seemed to make sense because we got a whole city full of people that aren't going to find their way in here on Sundays, but you're going to interact with them all week long. That just seemed to make sense to me. I'm like, well, I got, I got, a, I got this is my pulpit. So and it was ball. And I taught the staff how to pray like 20 second prayers because we got food in the oven and the phone is ringing. So there's not going to be this wonderful moment where just everything seems to stop and slow down and you just get to, right? It's not going to happen. So we just work it into the normal day. So I would teach them like, well, I'm like, hey, there's somebody out here that needs prayer. So they knew to just spin the food in the oven so it won't burn. We're going to go pray for 20 or 30 seconds and then we're going to go back and check the oven. That's just what we did. And it was awesome. We got to pray for a lady one time. She was blind. I didn't know it at the time. I was busy. And she comes in and she's kind of like, she's like throwing change all over the counter. And she's trying to figure out what to order. And I'm like, come on, lady. You know, honestly, right? Right? The reality of your day, not everything is just super spiritual. I'm like, can you just order something? I'm busy. There's like somebody on hold on the phone. And, and I'm like, it's almost like the Lord kind of gave me this like, hello, McFly. <laughs> moment and I'm like oh I'm like how, how can I help you and uh all my wonderful customer service skills kicked in right so I say how, how can I help you and it just so happened that my wife showed up and she's like I'm, I'm blind I can't see and so I was like Mariah come over here so and I think she had Abraham I think Abe was with you you guys would come in and get slices and say hello and eat free pizza <laughs> and uh yeah it was a good deal so we just, we just stopped and prayed for this lady over the counter. I just said, eyes be open in Jesus' name. And it's like, she kind of starts looking around, and I'm like, how you doing? She's like, well, that says Pepsi, and that says Philly cheesesteak, and that says this, and that. And then she just starts, like, she got healed. And she ordered her pizza and paid for it and left. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty crazy. I, I would say, one, I got one more story. I think the other one that, like, these are like landing of how good God is and what's available. And we were in Africa in 2013 with the Newburgers, and it was, we were doing open-air crusades. And after the ministry, somebody, one of the teammates preached, and we got a chance to pray for healing, salvation, the whole thing. And so I got a crowd of people around me, and I just paused for a second. I got hit so hard with the compassion of the Father for these people. It's like when Jesus saw the crowd in Matthew 9, it says he moved towards them. There was a, a, a compassion from the depths of who he was that they were like sheep without a shepherd and they were scattered and helpless. I could just see the desperation in these people's eyes. And it just took me a second. I, got, I knew in that moment, I knew my Father wanted to heal them and it was not dependent upon my ability really to do anything. You know what I mean? All I had to do was just agree. And so I just kind of sat there for a second, like, because it just took me a second to absorb all of that. And I'm looking at all these people, and I just started to be healed in Jesus' name. Eyes and ears were popping open. This one dude had a cane. He picked his cane up over, you know, we had his cane over my head, and he's dancing around. And it's like, it's in those moments when you know your father, you just take authority. You don't have to pray pretty prayers and like, or try to scrape faith together. You just move in what I knew the Lord already wanted to do. And like having those types of experiences just started making it in a way normal. Like this is possible and it happens anywhere. Like it goes with me. So even up to today, I've been able to 
just still, they do those things. Like, like there's just a new normal that when I see people hurting, I just ask them if they need prayer. And nine out of 10 people say, yeah, sure. You know, like they don't say no. Who, who would say no to that? Being well or staying sick? Mm. Mm. People say yes, just pray for them. Seeing things happen at the restaurants I've worked at, even in present day at, at Set Free. I got to pray with a client recently. It's like God just does amazing things. I will say there was a time in my life I actually got slightly off. Um, sorry, guys. I did it again. Oh, it's over here. I remember I was so eager for God's power to move because I was just seeing such cool things. Seeing the Father's love wreck people's lives, just totally interrupt their day, was like the, the best feeling ever. And I was so hungry for more of his power and more of him wanting to move. Like, just wanted to see more of it. And, but there was a time where I was like, the more I did that, the less I was seeing. So I had to stop. I'm like, what's, okay, so the problem's probably not you. So what's going on here? What am I, what's the deal? And he said, you can't separate my power from me because it flows from me. You can't want my power more than you want me. And it's like, oh man. Like we say that now and it seems fairly obvious. At the time, it's like, man, his sovereignty and his goodness were so good to me. Even in my earnestness and my zeal, he still had to, in love, he still corrected me. And I was like, God, I'm so sorry for putting the wrong things first. Like trying to do anything outside of intimacy. Before we went on that trip to Africa, we went through a fire tunnel. I mean, I'm a, I got blasted, right? I'm just a mess on the floor, getting rocked by the love of God and all these things. And, and so I'm lying there and I'm praying in this earnest place. Like, God, give me your heart for the unlovely. I'm praying a, a, a sincere, honest prayer. And then I can see Jesus and the Holy Spirit standing next to me. We're talking about a supernatural lifestyle, right? Okay, so I'm telling you what happened. They're both standing there and Jesus just looks at me and he says, there's no such thing as unlovely. I'm like, oh. I mean, I was a mess then. So, you know, inject steroids into that. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like sometimes we need God to like, even in our sincerity, we need him to just show up and put you back over here. And it's like, there's no such thing as unlovely. I was like, oh my God, what you've done for me, do for other people. Lord, help me, help me see, help me understand. Last thing I want to say before I ask my wife to come up is in Mark 6, and the Gospels all have an account of where Jesus sends, sends his um, disciples out. It says he gathered them, Mark 6, 7. You don't have to turn. He gathered them to himself. He imparted to them his authority, and then he sent them out. Song of Songs talks about that in Song of Solomon. It says, draw us together, and then so that we can run. Before we run, there's got to be a drawing. And... They preached the gospel, they healed the sick, they did all of this stuff, but all they're doing came out of being with him. They had been with him. They spent time with him. They were acquainted with his ways, not just his acts. And so what I'm finding more and more is that authority comes out of intimacy. Has to come out of intimacy. Everything that Jesus did came out of the Father, right? Like we know that. But it, that's, that is, it's the revelation of the Father expressed through healing, expressed through signs, wonders, and miracles. And when you prophesy or whatever it is that we're doing in this supernatural lifestyle, it's always about revealing the nature of the Father to people that may or may not know that. The life of Christ, right? We carry that, we get to give that away. And in the same way, we can't separate the supernatural from the gospel. We can't separate authority from intimacy. I'd love to have my lovely wife come back up. Tanner, can I have you come up, please?
Um, so we're just going to go, you guys got five more minutes? We're just going to go for five more minutes. Um, that was good, wasn't it? So supernatural living is supposed to be ver. It's supposed to be natural from, from our lives, right? We live in anticipation of his spirit moving in our midst all the time. And I love what Jason said. The first move of the spirit is connecting you to his love. It says in the word of God that love is actually the mark of maturity, not signs, wonders, and miracles or moving really eloquently as a speaker or in prophecy or, you know, being proficient in, in so many of these others, other things. It's, it's that you're completely in love, right? That you're given over to love, that you're moving in love towards other people. Um, so just like we said earlier, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that's what the word of God says. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So I want you to raise your hands right now. And put your hearts in a place of receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And for some of you, you'll actually feel it. I'm believing that all of you will, but some of you are gonna feel it. You're gonna feel it in your hands, feel it in your body. And it's, it's gonna feel in different ways. Sometimes it'll feel like warmth or, or coolness or um, just become aware of the presence of God. That you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is what you are made for. The Bible says the kingdom is not a manner of talk, but of power. It isn't just theology. It's not just an intellectual talk, not an argument, but a demonstration. Thank you, God. Jesus, just like the demoniac that we were talking about earlier, he made room for you. He made room for you. The other people in the city said, you have got to go, Jesus, after all of that happened. They told Jesus, you have to leave. And so you see in, just even in that picture, the demoniac made room, the people in the city didn't at that time. But Holy Spirit, we make room for you today to change us. Father, we just thank you for your deliverance that's here today, for salvation that's here today. Anything that you need comes from Jesus. I remember we, were, we had a really, you guys just stay in a posture of receiving. I remember we had this, uh, this, this summer, we had a... Um, we had a trip that we were going on. And the week before, it was horrendous. It felt like spiritual warfare had broken out over our family. That meant we had the opportunity to have a lot of testimonies. And we did. But then that weekend was just like, if we could just get to the weekend, if we could just get to the weekend. And then what happened in the weekend, it didn't stop. We kept on, we kept on getting, like there was an onslaught. And I remember trying to resist the Holy Spirit and I could not do it anymore. I had to give, I was like, I need you on this weekend too. And he said, Mariah, there is a difference between carnality and resting. When you rest in my presence, I'm there with you always. As believers, we don't switch on and off. We get to live, just as Jason was saying, slurping in the river. And that river is here. And so um, I'm actually gonna ask anyone in the worship team, 
I'm gonna utilize you guys. You're gonna be my ministry team. And I want you to come up here and just get ready to pray for people. Anyone else that is actually on the prayer team, it's on you, we wanna prophesy over you and agree with you. If there's an area of healing that you need in your life, an area of breakthrough that you need in your life. And if there's some of you in this room that are just like, I wanna understand what this is to live in the supernatural. It's already available to you. But if you find yourself just like, I'm hungry for that, I I want that. I want you to come up here, we wanna lay hands on you and we wanna pray for you. For those of you that need to to, uh, make it out or go and get your children or whatever it is that you need to do, we bless you. But if you're also hungry for this, I want you to understand this isn't just like, there is a certain response that we're, you know, like we're making ourselves available here, but this is available for all of us. Right, that today, Jesus, that you would anoint our minds, our eyes, Lord Jesus, our hearts, Lord Jesus, to be able to see from your perspective, to come into union with your spirit and who you are on the inside. Dennis was talking earlier, there is resurrection power. That's here, faith available for places of breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. So could we all stand? Jesus, I thank you for every heart in this room, Lord. I love the testimonies, Jesus, of your goodness, of your mercy, Lord. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for every mother, stay-at-home mother that's in here, that's wondering what she has to offer. God, I pray that you would open up her eyes to see what it is to live from your kingdom while she's with her children. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that maybe didn't even picture their lives being there and they're wondering what they're doing at their job. God, open their eyes to be able to see how to live in the supernatural and from your kingdom and where they are matters, that their prayers matter, that their presence in that office, it matters. For the person that's in the grocery store, at the bank, wherever they are in the school system, Jesus, God, that it matters. And Father, I thank you first and foremost that this supernatural living first is in connection to you. And so, Father, we connect to your spirit in relationship, in loving relationship with you. We love you, God. We love you, God. And so for any of you that are wanting to respond to that, um, needing healing, um, or just wanting for prayer for like, man, I got some unbelief, but I'm hungry to step into places like this. Um, or that need areas of breakthrough in your life, please make your way forward. We want to lay hands on you. We want to prophesy over you. We want to encourage you. For the rest of you, we love you. This is a place of equipping. So it's not all going to be experienced here. Now you are empowered to go and do it out there. Amen. Bless you guys.